Okay, my friends, here we are. I hope you had a great holiday season full of joy and laughter and family and fun. But here we find ourselves now at January 1st, can you believe it, of 2023. I want to take a few minutes to sort of look back before we really go forward. Turn the clock back about 14 months. I can remember the state that we were in as a church, as a country, as the world was in, in about September of 2021 maybe October, we had gathered the staff together for uh, annual planning. We said, what does 2022 hold for us? I I think I had already done my first COVID funeral. Um, People were sick on and off in growing numbers here, even on the staff a couple of times. We had uh, been meeting outside, if you recall, and uh, from time to time, uh, we, we just had online services. Anyway, we went through that whole mess. And um, even one of our elders was very sick and remains sick to this day. Uh, and we were dealing with these kind of things. The churches across the country were, if you'll remember, about half the size in attendance that they normally were. But we were blessed in that our, our giving was strong, our church was strong, um, our attendance was about half as, as it was. And we were looking at ways in annual planning of reengaging the local community, the southeast United States, in our, in our ministry online, both here and around the world, and we, we came up with the word inspired. I think the people that needed inspiration most were probably, it's probably the ministry staff, but we, we pressed on and we put our ministry plan together, and, and a part of that plan was how are we going to interface and welcome into our ministry people who, during those COVID years, had come up here to live, buy new houses, live, get away from the big city, there was a there's a number of people that had purchased homes, and we had these what I called gateways. What are these gates in which people are going to enter into our ministry? Not just the front door where people show up and park their car, but like this Creation Music Arts and Arts Academy, Arts and Music Academy, something we had wanted to do for years. Now it's a great way, and man, is it going well! So that was one new gateway into the ministry. There's another. Uh, people were coming from a long way away to experience what we had here while they were in town. And uh, I began to pick up on this, and we began to treat our our first-time visitors a little bit differently, and it really paid off. So what is this video about today? Well, in part, it's about testifying to how God took CBC and brought her out of a, of, of a challenging trial and thriving again as a ministry. And it took us about 14 months to get there. But here are a few testimonies, just a couple testimonies along those lines. Revelation 12 and 11 says, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Here's a couple of testimonies of people who are now new to our ministry and the gateways in which they entered. And I think you'll find it interesting. Then we'll go on to some other testimonies after that. Welcome. Thank you for joining us here. I am with Betsy Sheehy. And we have a remarkable story that you're not going to want to miss. So Betsy's going to go ahead and tell us a little bit about herself and the story as well. So Betsy, go ahead and tell us. Thank you, Anthony. Um, So I came up, I moved up here to Highlands um, this past, well, September, I bought a um, a house up here and I'd never even heard of this place before. Um, uh, I guess sometime in June of this past year, I started to look for something new in my life and I was praying um, I was praying to God to ask him to, to show me a new experience. Um, I'd been in Florida for the last 31 and a half years, and I'd been in Palm Beach County for the last 10 years, and I was just feeling very lonely in my life. My mom had passed away last November. My only child had moved up to Boston. Mm. And um, and I'm in a recovery community down in, in South Florida, and I felt like my life had become very transactional, Um, because it's a much bigger population, obviously, in Palm Beach County. And I just felt like life was about so much more. And God says, you know, to love one another as I have loved you. And I felt like I was missing that piece in my life in terms of really loving my fellow man. At the end of my life, I don't want it to be like, oh, yeah, I did a lot of returns and I did a lot of, I paid a lot of bills. And it's it's about the relationships. It's all about the relationships sure that we have in our lives. And I wasn't doing that. 
Um, and I, kn- I know I needed something different. And I just started praying this prayer. And um, the next thing I know, I was talking to my hairdresser and she's like, oh, we love Highlands. It's such mm-hmm. a great place and cashers. I ended up deciding to move here full time because I didn't want to be somebody who invested for six months in people and then left for six months. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be full time invested. Um, and I remember thinking, what does God want me to do? And then the numbers 365 are in my new address. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, there you go, right there, right. 365 days of the year, he wants me here. Mm-hmm. So um, it was really incredible. Um, I started working with the realtor um, who ended up bringing me to C- CBC indirectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. discuss that, because when we first, your first visit here, we yes. actually, we met in the back here. Uh, yes. And you came over and then you shared a story yes. you know, in brief. Uh, and again, I didn't hear the full story, so I'm eager to hear it, right. of another reason why this church uh, right. was an interest to you. So, yeah. yeah, well, that's one of the most important things that I was looking for was a church to join as soon as I decided to make this my home. Mm-hmm. And my realtor, um, Pam Nellis, uh, as it has a good friend whose name is Ray, and his grandson, Barrett McKim, had just been burnt horribly in a science experiment back in June, and she was sharing this story with me. Mm-hmm. And I was really moved by what had happened to this young man and to his family, and I ended up going on their GoFundMe page, and I saw um, some posts from Stephen and that the family had attended Community Bible Church, mm-hmm. and I felt drawn to this church and that's really the reason why i ended up here was because of what happened to barrett and i just felt that they were really honoring um community bible church so i decided to make this my home i well i came and i checked it out and i loved gary pastor gary's message and i felt such a warmth here um it felt instantly like family to me it's beautiful testimony to god what god's doing and how is he working in your life well, I mean, I've never had such love and and friendship in my entire life. I just I I am blown away by how the church has reached out to me. I was recently um diagnosed with COVID in early December after traveling for the ho- Thanksgiving holidays and I had my friend Joyce from church Joyce yes. who was mm-hmm. just constantly reaching out to me and offering bringing me food. She in fact just brought me some food yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, It's funny because when I first came here back in August, I sat down in one of the pews over there and Joyce sat right down next to me Mm -hmm. and she's kind of taken me under her wing ever since then. Um, And and just when I was sick, everybody was, Kim called me from the church. Um, I just had a friend, a group of friends spring up about me that has never happened in my life very quickly. And um, and their intentions um, to just share love with me right. and to be there for me, whatever I need. And they don't even know me. And mm-hmm. I've never had an experience like that before. And that is absolutely an answer to my prayers. I have felt um, very pulled to be known, you know, to, to, be, to be amongst other people where I've just a little more intimacy, more a feeling of family, mm-hmm. um, and to be a part of um, so much more than just a normal everyday superficial conversations we can have with people. Right. I really want to know other people and be in friendship with them and in community with people. Yeah. And God is answering that prayer for me. I'm more than answering my prayers. And it's, it's really just changed my life being here. Mm-hmm. So I just, I love it here. I've never had any th- experience like this before. Uh, I want, I really want to be involved in relationships with people. And I have found a family and a home here in the Highlands. And I never expected that. Mm-hmm. I just expected to get away from the hot summers of Florida. We, we were sharing you know? that as well just before too. And you know, about right. that, how God just moved in my, in my life. I was not as obedient as I should have been in the beginning, right. but the minute I was. Uh, contentment just washed over me. Right. That was a nice piece. Yeah. Well, well, Betsy, well, thank you for sharing. Thank and you. You've blessed us here at the church. And, thank you uh, for having me today, Anthony. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, um, talk to you soon. Thank yeah. you. 
A couple of months before the Music and Arts Academy started, um, my husband had been just praying and thinking, what would it look like for my children as they follow Jesus? Um, you know, they're going to be people who are worshiping the Lord and just thanking the Lord that this is what his children are going to look like. Um, and then about two weeks before we found out that it was starting, um, we decided, you know, we need our kids to be learning primary instruments so they can lead worship and um, have musical ability. And so the, we live in the boonies out in the mountains. So there's no, where we are, especially there's no one near for music lessons. So I was like, guys, if, if we're going to do this, we're just going to pray. And if we're supposed to, if you guys are supposed to learn and grow in this, then he'll, he'll provide the opportunity. So we prayed. And two weeks later, we get this email. To me, it seemed out of the blue that said, Community Bible Church is starting a music and arts academy. We're going to have piano, drums, keyboard, um, guitar, music, voice lessons. And and we were like, are you serious? This is awesome. This is exactly what we prayed. And then they also said, we're going to have a youth band. And so I just was so thankful um, because I have uh, seven children. So we, we have quite a little opportunity for a band. But... Uh, God just answered the prayer, and it just, it seemed like it came out of the blue, but it didn't. God was already doing it, and um, we're very thankful for the things that we've learned. And, and even one time when I came to drop the kids off early for a lesson, um, Miss Julie was in, in there, and she's like, come on in. We can, uh, we can worship together, and she put on some um, worship music, and the presence of the Lord was just so strong, and I just was so encountered by the Lord, and I just was so thankful that um, we get to be a part of this and that God hears our prayers and that He's got good things. In addition to new people finding their way to our ministry post-COVID, in a post-COVID world, we also sought to intensify our local outreach. Now, we have always done quite a good job, quite frankly, in the global arena of helping persecuted peoples and uh, men, women oppressed by false religions and uh, all around the world. We've done really well at that and will continue to do so. I think that's a mantle that the Lord has placed on this church. But in addition to that, we knew that we wanted to seek the Lord to really intensify our influence locally. Now, um, the teen challenge of the Smokies, we, we have had here and ministered to us on numerous occasions. But there's also a ministry that I want, uh, I want to hear a testimony, I want you to hear the testimony about, of, of women in recovery. And I'm proud of the fact that uh, we, we did quite well in terms of helping out local ministries this past year, year and a half, um, foster children. Uh, we helped out the needy and uh, food challenge, food insecurities. We've, we've helped a lot with families. And I, I don't think everyone really knows how much we actually do. And maybe that's okay. But uh, I want to take a look at these testimonies, one testimony in particular that kind of represents what we've done here locally, what the Lord's allowed us to give us the privilege to do uh, with some ladies that uh, I think you'll find um, familiar. Enjoy. So we've got Lauren and Kayla here that are graduating October the 15th, and they just want to tell us a little bit about their time at Life Challenge and their story. So I'm going to let you guys kind of pick who goes first, okay. but why don't you guys tell us what brought you to Life Challenge, how you found out about the ministry, and, and what position your life was in before you got into it? Um, so I was in and out of jail. Um, I had been in addiction for... About six years and then three years of an IV user. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, my last time in jail, I applied to go to rehab. Um, I still got sentenced to prison. And then it was divine intervention how I made it to rehab because I wasn't trying to go after I got sentenced. Um, but somehow another God worked it out and he ended up putting me at Life Challenge, um, which was such a blessing because if it would have been any other facility where it was like facility based and not like residential mm -hmm. or like where they had like AA and stuff and they talked about like your addiction a lot, I probably wouldn't have stayed. Mm. But this, that's the good thing about this place is it doesn't talk about your addiction. It gets down to the root problems of it. Um, so since being at Life Challenge, I've actually, my relationship with my mom and my son has been reconciled. Um, mm. I have a three-year-old little boy, and he now wants me around him, whereas before mm. I wasn't there at all. So that's awesome. What about you, Lauren? Yeah. Um, I've been, was an addiction from time I was 15 and uh, 
just before coming here. Um, mm -hmm. I struggled with a lot of um, sexual abuse, um, depression, um, just self-worth. Um, the last time I was arrested, um, I was facing a lot of time. Um, I went from one county to the next. Mm -hmm. That's where I applied to come to Life Challenge. Um, I had a date to come, and then I had some more stuff come up. And thank God that I was able to um, get a loophole into still coming to Life Challenge. I came last October. Um, I get, am graduating on the 15th. Since being here, I have got to um, be a part of my son's life. DSS is pushing for reunification after two and a half years. Um, I've got my GED. I've got my driver's license. Mm. Um, I'm going back to Asheville to handle some more charges. Um, but I am going to enroll in Pierceport School, Pierce University, so that I can give back to people in Asheville because I feel like there's a lot of need for, mm -hmm. there's a lot of need for everybody. Um, everywhere so that's awesome so this yeah. program both of you guys have come out and just wanted to help yeah. yes. um, that, that's really cool to see yeah. um, it matters a lot when you've been in that place mm -hmm. to minister to somebody yeah. that is in that place it gives you a, a perspective yeah. and it gives you a really unique uh, testimony to be able to do that effectively yeah. too that's yeah. awesome well thank you guys uh, thank you. I appreciate you taking the time and letting the whole church hear your your story with life challenge and uh yes we also just want to say a special thank you for all the support you guys provide for us um it's changed many lives and it's going to continue mm -hmm. to change lives and we couldn't do it without the support and being able to share jesus with girls thank you amen you know they say that prayer is the lifeblood of the church and i believe that firmly if a, if a church isn't a praying church they really shouldn't expect a whole lot i mean the lord really expects of us uh, to seek him and bring petitions before him and supplications and, and to intercede. Uh, there's one particular thing that stands out as I look back uh, on this past year and a half, and that is um, a prayer request that came in. Now, every Tuesday, our ministry team meets together, and we chronicle and we we go over prayer needs and praise reports. So. Uh, you may not even be aware of it. If you've been sick and we know of it, we've we've been praying for you. We we distribute that list of prayer warriors and to our elders. And there was one particular prayer request that kind of represents how God moves. And it, it was from a young lady who found herself pregnant with um, a child she didn't necessarily want to have or plan to have. And she was wrestling with the idea of not having that child. Now, I know you know that Proverbs 31 says, speak for those who cannot speak for themselves. So we began to do that. And as we began praying week after week for this little baby, and as this baby continued to to grow in the womb, it, it kind of bothered me a little bit that we were praying for this baby, but the baby didn't have a name. The mother hadn't named the child. The, the mother hadn't fully accepted the idea that she was going to have the child. And, but one, so, so what we did is we named the baby. And if you're going to pray for somebody, it helps if they have a name. So we named this child as a team Blessing. Okay, We spoke that word over that child, Blessing, Blessing, Blessing. We called her Blessing. We prayed for blessings over her life. Well, as you, as you, might, as you might well understand that she was born. She wasn't named Blessing, but she is a Blessing. And the best I can tell, she's been a source of reconciliation between the, the mom and possibly the parents. And that child is living today and is, has promise and destiny and is a child of God who's going to walk through this earth and experience uh, what it's like to be fully alive and to be in a relationship, we hope, with Jesus Christ. So blessing, blessing, blessing. Uh, I want you to hear this testimony. And uh, may you be encouraged. Um, you know, prayer isn't the isn't a thing that that is uh, all that alluring to a lot of people to talk about because there's a lot of prayer that happens in the trenches, right? You got to do the work. You got to press in. And the consistency with which many prayed for what the little girl we called Blessing, God honored that. And uh, she's alive today because of it. So enjoy the testimony. Be encouraged today. 
Hey Community Bible Church family, my name is Jennifer Yates, this is Nova, say hi, and I wanted to take a few moments to just talk about our journey and, um, and how Community Bible Church played such a huge role in our story. Um, I met Thomas and Lisa Bates um, when I was a resident of Life Challenge of Western North Carolina. Um, I actually celebrate my three years clean today, December 11th, and I'm so very grateful for Thomas and Lisa and just how sacrificially they pour into the women at Life Challenge. It is such a blessing. And when I graduated from the program, um, in February of last year, I moved back home in May to transition to being a mom again to my two older children, Nevaeh and Jaden, who are now 13 and 11. And I found myself in a situation in June. Um, I had dealt with how to stay clean and sober and other skills that I would need for having a life in recovery. Uh, but I began to feel that God-sized hole with a man and was faced with an unplanned pregnancy in June of last year. And Thomas and Lisa came alongside me. Um, I'm hours away back home near Charlotte. Um, but with the support of people in your church and partners, um, I was working at the time but knew that my maternity leave would be unpaid and Community Bible Church sent us enough money to make it for those eight weeks that I was on maternity leave. Um, Nova was going to be adopted. Um, I felt like the Lord spoke adoption over my spirit. And I went through everything, all those preparations and plans. And Lisa Bates was one of the first people that I called um, when I found out that I was pregnant. And she... Um, was there through each part of the journey. Um, eight weeks to my due date, the biological father filed an objection to the adoption and it ultimately fell through, causing a lot of pain and heartbreak for the family I had known for nine years that was planning to adopt the baby. So I would ask that you continue to pray for their grief process. They have four biological children and we're making preparations to bring a fifth baby into their home and um, lost a lot financially, emotionally. Um, and so it has been very heartbreaking for them, um, but ended up being a huge blessing. I'm so thankful for having Nova and for um, her being here with her brother and sister and our family. Um, I would be happy to talk to anyone that would like to know more and um, would be happy to speak to anyone that um, is in addiction, wanting to be in recovery or in recovery. I am very close to being a certified peer support specialist. And so I would be happy to talk to any person that needs it. Love you guys. Thank you, Community Bible Church, for all that you have done for me and Nova. God bless you. Bye-bye. Not long into 2021, I found myself... Um, pulled on in different directions. It was a difficult time for a lot of reasons, none of which are worthy of rehearsing. But the fact of the matter is a lot of uh, pastors across the country thought about leaving the ministry. There was a lot of upheaval. It was a challenging time for many. But I got to thinking, I got to thinking about ministry and about the church. And I've always known, and perhaps you're like, you're like me, you've always known that we should expect, not only expect, but see and experience uh, a lot more healing in the body of Christ. So I began to think on that. I began to get in the Word. I um, I got involved in a in a Zoom class uh, that looked at sharing thoughts and reflecting upon the twenty six healing miracles of Jesus. And I started to write a book, of which I've finished it. I hope is published this spring. And I began to understand why we don't see more healings than we actually do. And um, we began to put this into practice here in the church. And I really felt, I felt very strongly in led of the Lord to let this congregation know that the Lord's going to begin healing people in this congregation. So I stepped out there on faith. 
and did just that. And um, man, <laughs> we we saw some people healed. We saw some little children, babies healed. We saw adults healed. And, and that's still happening today. And I think we'll even continue and further intensify in, in both depth and number. Um, but when we put that into practice and we stood out there publicly and laid hands on, we saw the miraculous come to pass. And I'm, I'm encouraged by it, and, I, and I'm hoping that you are as well. But uh, let's listen to some of these testimonies of how God intervened and suspended natural law in time and space and intervened in this human dilemma and, uh, and healed people's bodies, minds, and, and even beyond that. So enjoy these testimonies as we reflect upon God's hand upon our church in 2022. Pax is 11 months old right now. Um, his eating problems started at birth. Uh, we really didn't know what was going on. Um, he had a really hard time breastfeeding. Uh, and, you know, we went through all of the motions. Uh, he had a lip tie. We got that cut. He still had issues. So we got on acid reflux medicine, a couple different kinds. That didn't work. Um, and eventually switched to formula in hopes that that would. Um, he was really underweight. Mm-hmm. Um, in the first percentile, barely. I mean, he was really struggling to gain. Um, <clears throat> lots of stress on us in that regard. But also, he wasn't breathing well. Constantly sounding nasally, really snorty, like sucking in air. Lots of congestion. Um, watery eyes. We tried allergy medicine. Mm -hmm. I mean, just nothing would work and he wasn't gaining weight. So we're going back and forth with the pediatricians. Finally got an appointment um, with an ENT, an ear, nose and throat doctor. Um, They checked him out, like checked his palate, checked his nose and they were like, well, we don't really see anything. uh, So just come back if the symptoms keep going. Like they thought it was something that he would grow out of. So we're looking at, he's about six months old. He's still having all these issues, still not gaining weight. I got another appointment with the ENT um, and finally got referred to Asheville Children's Hospital, at which point um, he was eight months old. It was Mm -hmm. November 19th of last year. um, And we got a modified barium swallow study. So basically what that is, is an x-ray that watches him eat. So he's eating um, thin liquid, thick, thickened milk and regular solid food to kind of see how he's swallowing and what's going on on the inside. So um, I'm sitting there watching the swallow study and the um, x-ray tech is a speech pathologist and she's showing me where as he's swallowing Um, the milk and fluid is actually going out of his esophagus and into his windpipe. So they called it a penetration. Um, Every time he swallowed, a little bit of that liquid would go down into his lungs or down into his windpipe, which, of course, was causing him to aspirate. So he would, like, cough really heavily, choke, um, which he was doing when he was eating. Mm -hmm. It was just he, he wouldn't finish a bottle because he was struggling. It was kicking back up into his sinus cavities and coming out his nose, which was causing congestion um, and what we thought was acid reflux, but it wasn't. So she told me there's some kind of a hole or cleft um, in between those two passageways. At that point, we started the process of waiting for a new appointment at Chapel Hill. They referred us to um, a a pediatric ENT. After this, kind of, um, we were like, we're going to church, we need, we need some hands prayed on him. And so we just, um, God had been walking us through a season of just trusting the Word of God over the natural world and just believing God um, is bigger than diagnosis. And so, you know, James chapter 5, I'm sure you guys all know this verse, but um, is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Um, The Lord will raise them up if they have sinned. And so, um, to me, this is really a cool part of the story because 
when we were there, it was very emotional for Kelsey and I because we just we really wanted to believe, right? We wanted to believe, but we'd never seen anything of this magnitude before. Um, and so it was, but God is so faithful. And so if you're out there and, and you're in need of a miracle, God is faithful and, and he'll walk you through it. So we, we had that prayer and we both walked out of there. We had a few people come up to us and, and prophesy over us and say things that um, really spoke to both our spirits. And we, we started to really believe that God had healed him. On stage, it's like, it's not like you can see Oh, his hole just disappeared because it's within his throat. So we really had to take it on faith for several months. We didn't get the second x-ray till February 9th. So between November 19th and February 9th, there was a lot of unknowns and just faith that we had to have Mm -hmm. in God. Of course, the symptoms started to go away. Right. And that's one by one. So that was cool. About a month later, I even... I think Lindsay Stubblefield was the first person she was holding packs at, and because as parents, we're just with him every day, so any subtle changes, it's it's kind of hard to pick up, and she was like, he is better, and we were like, really? And she was like, yes, definitely, he's better, He's he looks better, and then he slowly started putting on weight, mm-hmm. and... Um, His chart went, within the span of just a couple months, he went from the first percentile to the ninth percentile, mm-hmm. I mean, his chart just skyrocketed up, so... Yeah, and he, and he stopped kind of uh, vomiting or regurgitating every time he drank, and his eyes started um, clearing, up, clearing yeah. up, and it was like, I remember there's just this picture of him out there where his eyes were just so red, it was like, my poor boy. But anyway, um, so yeah, so then we so went to Chapel Hill this February. Um, what do you have the exact Well, we went first, so um, we went to Chapel Hill in December, and... Uh, we were expecting, because our local ENT had prepped us for how quick this was going to go, the doctor at Chapel Hill said, well, wait, you know, we want to do all our own tests before we do surgery because it's dangerous to do surgery on um, a baby under a year old. So we were like, what? You know, we were at first very frustrated. God always knows better. But we were frustrated because... I mean, this is a lot of money. It's not cheap to go through all these tests. And we were like, but you've already had the x-ray. Like, why do we need to do it again? So they wanted their team to do the swallow study a second time. But with the way scheduling was working out in the holidays, we had to wait till February 9th for that second x-ray. And then they scheduled us several other appointments that same day. So we were planning on a full day in Chapel Hill of doctor's appointments. Um, so it was kind of frustrating. We drove five hours to be told we're going to wait on more tests, but that was just confirmation that God was like, wait, Mm -hmm. we're not going to go through the surgery immediately. We're going to wait. Um, and those couple months of waiting and praying and watching the symptoms dissolve away did so much of our faith. Like Mm -hmm. God knew better. So then we get to Chapel Hill, February 9th. Yeah. So we, we get there and, um, Gosh, we got there about an hour early and just, for whatever reason, we just couldn't get into the doctor's office. It's like a maze over there. And, um, you know, we, we just were like, man, the devil really does not want these results to come in. Um, yeah. But so we ended up, we got there an hour earlier. We, we got into the doctor an hour, like, late just about. So it was like, <laughs> so it's really wild. Um, but we got uh, to Chapel Hill, like, the emergency center early. And so we get back there and... Um, pretty typical of kind of how this whole experience has been going on. There's just the communication between Chapel Hill and our local, the Asheville radiology was just off. And so the, she just hadn't looked at the chart. Well, yeah. And yeah. so she had no idea why PAX was there, why we were there. Um, and I, um, I didn't really catch her up all that much. I was just like, we're just trying to see, um, what's going on here. And so Kelsey got to watch the first barium test, and I got to watch the second barium test. And so I was in there watching, and they went with the, the smallest liquid, the thinnest liquid possible. And um, I accidentally gave Pax a, a hole in the, the nipple that is too large. So, I mean, when he was <laughs> drinking this milk, it was like... Water hosing. It was just <laughs> Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was just <laughs> pouring down his mouth. And the woman was like wow he's taking huge gulps and um I, I looked at her and i was like what is that is that a good thing or bad and she's like well if there's a problem we would definitely know it right about now and so she was 
looking and so he he drank that whole bottle three ounces in about like <laughs> 25 seconds like he was like pounding it and um afterwards she was i was like so what does that mean because i was watching it and i was i was seeing the the larynx where it was meeting the larynx and there was just going straight down and big massive gulps just going straight down straight down straight down and um I still didn't know because I didn't see the first one, and I was like, I guess maybe there's a leak or something like that that's supposed to be going over there. And um, she was like, well, um, we can do a thicker liquid if you want, but that was a pretty perfect um, swallow that he had right there. <laughs> and I was like, what do, you, what do you mean perfect swallow? And she's like, he's got a really good swallow. And I was still kind of like unbelief because I... I didn't see the first one, and so I was just like waiting for that, like it's going over. And then, so then they did a thicker pace thing, and he swallowed that perfect. And um, she was, it was just a really crazy experience because she was really like, Why are you guys here? Because she still didn't know that we had gotten this test earlier that there was three a pump, months before, three months before that there's a penetration and it was going down. And so um, I was able to share with her, and she said, I believe it. And, um, <laughs> It was when I walked out there to catch Kelsey. Like I still didn't understand the magnitude of the first test because I didn't. They only let one person back there, and so as soon as I was just kind of in disbelief. Like I guess maybe we got to go to the next thing. And, and when I explained it to Kelsey, she was like, "Oh no, we're doing like that." I saw the penetration. I saw it leaving. If there's nothing going, God's healed him. And um, yep. every swallow, he there, yeah. you could see it going over. It looked like a little like a little leak that you could see on the x-ray very clearly. I mean, it was, and so even I could see it and I'm no speech pathologist. So um, to when he said, oh, she said he had a perfect swallow. Like there was no penetration. I was just like crying. Yeah. And I was like, we, we canceled all of our appointments yeah. that day. We were like, we're going home. So we did, we packed up and went home without having to go through anything else we were just like in shock um in complete shock well five months ago our lives were changed pretty drastically june 23rd uh, my son barrett who was 12 years old was uh, doing a science experiment at our home and had an accident it exploded um, <laughs> and, uh, and he was burned very badly on his body. My wife, in an effort to put that fire out, was burned as well. 911 was called. They responded. Air flights were taken both for, for Barrett and Caroline to the Augusta Burn Center. And uh, we were in the ICU for two months as many of you prayed for Barrett and for Caroline, for their healing. And, um, and we've been through a lot in that process. Um, and I want to share this morning two primary things. Number one, um, thankfulness. During this season of Thanksgiving, as a family, we have so much to be thankful for. And not least of these things is this body and this church, our family. And then also just want to share briefly uh, some of what the Lord's been teaching us and taking us through and, and showing us his sustaining power. As we focused on the Lord in the midst of this trial, we realize how much he has blessed us and what he has delivered us from. And in our situation, as we looked at what we were facing, um, the Lord still came alongside and sustained. He still encouraged. And I think if you, if many of you, if any of you followed along on Facebook, um, you could look at that and, and see that initially when we got to the hospital, Barrett, they were saying, okay, it looks like maybe there's 
of his body that's burned. And so we put out, we put out prayer requests that we would pray that his body would be healed, that there would be less third degree and second degree burn. And then when we got the follow-up news from the doctors, it was, it was more, it was 50%. And then it was looking like we needed a lot of grafting for his body where he had been burned. And so we put out again, please pray with us that the skin would heal and there would be less areas to graft. And again, instead of being 30, 35%, it ended up being 40%. All this to say, if you just read some of those reports, you could look at our situation and say, God didn't answer our prayers. But, but he did. And he answered any, any number of prayers, many of which we didn't even pray. And we look back and see that Barrett's life was spared. And there, there's a whole miracle that took place even in that, that Caroline was there and that he was protected. God spared his life. And God has continued to heal him. We prayed against infection in the hospital. Many of you did. And the doctors basically told us, it's not a matter of, of if there will be a, an infection, it's when. It's just part of the burn process. And the Lord has protected against any infection in Barrett through the burn process. God has continued to heal his body. Many of you prayed for healing in his donor sites, which, which have healed. And he continues to get better, and he's here, and... We know, I think the verse that, one of my favorite verses is, the Lord is working all things together for good, for those that love him and for those that are called according to his purpose. And in the midst of this, that is incredible comfort to us, to our family, and knowing that the Lord is working this for his good. And we don't know the full extent as of yet, the lives that have been touched, the relationships that will come out of this the deeper relationship we have with the Lord because of it, um, the growth in relationship because of trial, but we're grateful for that. And we're grateful for y'all for standing with us because the Lord promises that his yoke is easy and his burdens light and that he will sustain us. And so we just want to just share the Lord's sufficient power sustaining power and love that he's demonstrated to us in the midst of this battle. And thank you as our family and our church for being such a huge part of that and blessing us and encouraging us and sustaining us in the midst of this trial. We, we thank you on behalf of myself and my family and Barrett. We love y'all and glory be to God. Hey everyone, I'm David Parrish and uh, I work here with the youth as the, the youth pastor and I help out with children's ministry and young adults, but today I'd like to share a little testimony that I got to be a part of and hopefully it'll encourage you. This one's about prayer and obedience and so be blessed and I hope it blesses you as much as it uh, blessed me. So uh, earlier in the year, my wife, Kelsey Parrish, got pregnant and as most of you ladies and, and, and fathers know that there's certain things that need to happen once you become pregnant. And one of those things is you need to get prenatals. And if you've got stomach problems, ginger. And so my wife sends me to a store one day to pick up all this stuff. And uh, like a good husband and a loving husband, I didn't necessarily listen to which store she wanted me to go to. And so I went to a store. And when I arrived at the store, um, it didn't open for about 10 minutes, but I just walked up to the door and they and they happened to let me in anyway and I asked them if they uh there was this lady there and she asked uh she said come on in and so I said hey do you have any ginger and prenatals and some other essential oils and she said well we, we've got some ginger for you and I was like okay that's good and uh so I was checking out and uh I heard the Holy Spirit tell to me or say to me that there's something with her sister there's something going on with her sister and um, I wasn't quite sure if it was him or not, but I, I went for it. And so I said, ma'am, is, 
is everything okay with your sister? And she said, no, everything is not okay with my sister. She's going through a really hard time right now. And I said, well, well, the Holy Spirit just told me to check in on you, so I know that he's here, and I know that he he cares for her, and he loves her, and he wants to be there uh, with you through this situation, whatever it is. And I was like, so I said, do you believe in God and, and the Holy Spirit and all this? And she said, well, I just, I don't know about any of this. And so then I... I I was led to kind of build her faith, and so I shared the story with uh, how the Lord healed our son Pax, his hole in his throat, um, to kind of build her faith, and uh, so she started feeling a little bit better, and then I, um, the Holy Spirit led me to kind of talk about um, another healing we witnessed uh, with asthma, and as I was sharing this story of asthma, um, this the store was now open. Another lady walked up to the counter and was listening to me share this testimony, and uh, after I finished sharing it, the new woman that walked up said to me, she was like, I have really bad asthma. And, um, what you were saying was just really speaking to me. And I was like, well, you know, the scripture says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And so, uh, do you care if I pray for you? And she was like, well, I, I gotta be honest. The reason I'm here is cause I just left the ER and there's some sort of stomach thing going on and they don't know but um, I'm here to kind of get some different medicines. And I was like, oh, well, can we pray for that? And she said, sure, that that sounds great. I'd love that. And um, so I, I went to lay hand. I went to, I said, can I touch your stomach? And she said, sure. And so I reached out my hand and put it on her stomach. And, and honest, and instantly I could see she started sweating and dripping sweat as I was praying for her. And um, nothing special. I couldn't feel anything, but I could see her sweating and and really being moved by what was going on. And so after I finished praying, uh, I asked the woman, I said, are are you okay? How, How do you feel? And she's like, when, when you laid your hands on me, I felt fire burn up all in me. And I started sweating instantly. I said, yeah, I could see that. Um, and I was like, so what? And she's like, "I, I really believe I'm healed. And so I said, I was saying, hallelujah, 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 praise God, this is awesome. And she was singing that God's praises too. Um, but it didn't stop there. So as I was praying for this woman, the owner came down, this lady, and uh, she was witnessing what was going on. And uh, after I finished praying, I looked at her and she was just, her jaw, like her jaw was open and she was kind of looking at me in disbelief. And so I said, well, okay, well, ma'am, are you okay? Is there anything you need? And she said this to me, and she said, you'll never believe what just happened. And I said, well, I I bet I will. And so she said, last night I was laying in bed, and I was asking God that if he still moves and he still operates and and miracles still happen and that he comes down from heaven and touches people, will you please let me know, Lord, I want to know. And then the next morning you showed up and all this happened. And so there was this just really beautiful space that happened on an accident for me where I then began to share the gospel um, all the way from Genesis through Acts with these people in the store for like an hour, and they were just touched, and I was touched, and it's just really cool that God allows us to partner with Him and His ministry, and we'll step in if we, even if we make a mistake and go to the wrong grocery store, the wrong store, and He's just so faithful and um, to those who obey and listen, and also just, I want to encourage you that your prayers are important and, and God keeps them, right? He loves them. They're incense that goes up to them. So if there's something you're searching out, if there's something you're seeking, pray, believing that, that the Lord hears you and hopefully this builds you up that you're not alone and that he hears whatever you're going through and he loves you and um, who knows how he'll reveal himself in, in whatever you're going through and how he'll deal with it. But we know Jesus is king and he loves us and I, I hope this blesses you as much as it blesses me. Amen. Uh, my friends, as you can see, just a sampling of some of the things that the Lord did. There's the Lord did so many more things in people's lives. So we could we could be here all night long talking about how God moved in different people's lives and I'm trusting he moved in yours as well. So the Lord brought us new people. The Lord continued to help us in using our local, regional and global outreach. The Lord exceeded as he always says, exceeded our giving the previous year and postured us to do even more. Uh, in people's lives. On the 11th and the 18th of this month, I shared with you um, a message uh, entitled, It's Time. It's a two-part message. It explores the possibilities of what happens when we have a sensitive ear bent towards the Lord, and we can answer the question, uh, 
it's time for what? It's time to do what? What, is, what time are you in? Because it's time. Something needs to happen, and it needs to happen now in both your life and in the church's life. I've got a pretty good grip on the church's future, and, and, I, and I have a pretty good grip on what's next for me. Uh, what is time? You know, if I said it's time, if God said to me, Gary, it's time, I should know what he's talking about. So, so far in this online broadcast, we've looked backward, but now it's time, my friend, to look forward and to petition the Lord and a- answer that question. It's time. And what is it time for? And who is it time for? And what does that mean to you personally? What does it mean for the church here at CBC, the ministry? And what does it mean for the church universal? But I can share this with you. It's time. It's time. It's time. In Matthew 19 and 26, with God, all things are possible. I hope it's time for you to believe and expect something beyond our ability to manipulate it or manufacture it. But it's uh, something that only will come to pass in the year ahead that God will get the glory for because only he could bring about what he did. There's great things ahead for this church, and there's great things ahead for you as you minister in this church. Uh, so let's take a look at this testimony of Julie, uh, Julie Hughes, our children's director, and how her household, her family, she and Jeremy approach what lies ahead for the year. And let's think ourselves on this first day of 2023. What is it exactly that we should be about? What kind of business should we be about this year? What should be, we be expecting? Because it's time, my friend. It is time. Let's figure out what time it is for you for me, for us, and let's continue to impact this world with the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Let's listen to this testimony before we close in prayer together. Good morning and happy new year, church family. Today, I wanted to share with you something that the Lord had impressed on my husband and I's heart back in 2016 that has literally transformed um, our new year and our year and the way we just know that the Lord's promises are true. I wanted to share from Philippians 4, 16, the scripture that says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, when my husband and I looked at this, we were, um, yes, by prayer, and we can ask the Lord, and um, but supplication, when I looked up that word about, it means to petition, to literally petition the Lord. And so a petition is a document. So we started every new year, instead of writing a resolution, because every resolution, let's just face it, uh, fails, um, because by ourselves or with man, we fail. Nothing's possible. But with God, all things are possible. So instead of writing a resolution, we started every new year writing a petition to the Lord, literally just writing our requests of what we'd like to see in the year or in our heart and our spirit or physically or tangible or even down to fun things for the kids like a Disney trip or whatever. Um, and then we would find in his word where he literally promises um, and it matches with scripture so that when we take him at his word, we know that when we pray his will in his word, that it comes to be. And, um, and then we can stand true on that. And that comes from 1 John five fourteen and 15 says, now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we asked of him. So I want to challenge you this new year to don't write a resolution because it won't last more than a few weeks likely, but petition the Lord and take him at his word and know that when you write that and when you sign it together as a family, I mean, my kids, this was, they were like five and three when we started this and they or maybe not that young, but they, we would literally sit at the table and write this together. And even in their little scribble signatures when they were younger, they would sign it with us, and we would all stand in agreement. And what's really awesome is each New Year's morning, 
we have a book of remembrance that we can go back to last year and see the the answers, the prom, the answers to prayer um, that we stood on and believed. Sometimes we'd have to repeat it and, you know, wait another year or another year, but I can testify that many of those that were on there for year after year have been answered. And um, anyway, I just want to praise the Lord for all he has done in my family and in my life this Christmas. I hope you all had a very Merry Christmas, and I wish you a blessed and happy new year. You know, when you sit back and think about what all God has done and you slow yourself down and be still and consider how he has worked in people's lives and through the power of a local church and how he has blessed people and brought people to life, to freedom, to recovery, to health, to restoration, to uh, salvation, to forgiveness, to redemption. It's, it's, a, it's a fascinating, fascinating thing to ponder. And um, I know it's not Thanksgiving. Um, but like I said, this past month, December 11 and 18, it's time. It's time for us to really get a personal, intimate word f- from the Lord for each of us as to how we're going to go about living our life in the months ahead of the 2023. So I want to pray over you. I want to pray over your family. Uh, God's best, nothing more or nothing less that is good, pleasing, and perfect will for you. And I I pray it's a prayer that brings about wholeness and holiness, that it brings about health and freedom and joy and love. Uh, I want to pray over what's going on in people's lives. There, There are new marriages to come their children growing up, their grandchildren, in our church. So let's do that. Why don't you join me in prayer? We'll, we'll start the year out with this prayer, shall we? Lord, we give you our hearts and minds. Uh, we lay them before you. We, we, we give you our coming in and our going out, wherever direction we take in life, and we ask you to continue to be your, the sovereign, authoritative Lord over our life that feeds us, protects us, nurtures us, teaches us, and holds us even in the storms of life. So I pray over this congregation your best, your blessing, your anointing, your mantle, your provision, your wisdom, your clarity. I pray in our people a hunger and a thirst for righteousness and for depth, the depth of being or depth of our soul. I pray for further releasing and redeeming and liberation. I pray over the marriages to come that will take place this year, the the children, the adults to be baptized, the souls that will come to your son Jesus Christ for salvation. I pray over our services, our church, our church building. I pray over the bodies of the people in this church that they would be set free from disease and maladies and restrict and paralysis and even cancer, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray by the blood of the Lamb, a sense of peace that transcends all understanding. And I pray for the fullness of your word, the fullness of your promises, and the strength of your blood covenant, that nothing set up against us would ever prosper, that we shall overcome by the power of the blood of Christ and the word of our testimony. And I pray that we be assured that by your blood we have confidence to approach you. And also, Lord, this one thing, that we could come boldly to the throne of grace and nothing could come between us, nothing could pluck us from your hand, and that we are, as a people, as a spiritual family, secure in you and looking to you and growing in you. I pray for deeper friendships, deeper love, deeper appreciation, deeper gratitude. I pray for depth of insight, and I pray that uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ would ring out from this place, both here locally, regionally, nationally, and globally around the world, that you find yourself pleased with us as a church and the efforts that we make to glorify you and appreciate you and love you and care for you. In Jesus' name, may God's best be on your life, nothing short of it. And may 2023 be a year of enjoyment, of, of, uh, of true joy. And may that joy, his joy, be your strength. I'm proud to serve you and serve with you I'm proud to call you my family, and I I bless you in the name of Jesus Christ. Happy New Year. 